I'm Troy Washington from KTBS3 and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of local schools. We will talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders letting our community know what is happening around talking about those ideas and sharing between schools in our community. We will have new episodes every other Monday and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. So let me introduce you to my co-host, Philip, Dr. Philip Roseman. Now, Dr. Roseman, you and I have been doing this podcast together and I've gotten to know you a little bit better, but a lot of people know you from doing medicine as a doctor, but you've been heavily involved with education for 25 years now. So if you could just talk about how education opened up the gateway to really the American dream from you. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's the case for me and probably a lot of people. Um, education is uh, an opportunity. Education is the foundation, I think, of the American dream, and it has been that for me. In addition, I am a physician, and healthcare and education are probably as close to each other as far as uh, sectors as we have. And so we do the same things in healthcare and education. We deal with individual people's individual problems. Um, and I learned a lot uh, when I was Willis Knighton. I was the head of the performance improvement at Willis Knighton. And I learned a lot there and I felt it would be useful to take that knowledge and try to, 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 to be helpful in any kind of school improvement. Education is the key. You know, it's the education is the key to the community. Uh, it's to jobs and job creation. And I, what I love about this that we're doing here is we're going to be able to share ideas and how people deal with challenges and, and with each other. And so I think this is a way of school improvement across the whole region as we learn from each other, hopefully through this program. Look, we've got a, a we great got opportunity. We're thrilled uh, to have folks here from the leadership in Bossier uh, Parish Schools. Um, Mr. Downey uh, uh, has been uh, the superintendent for the last three years. Uh, that's a hard three years to be superintendent. <laughs> we can all agree uh, on that. You had uh, not a whole lot of warning about what was going to happen. You didn't have any control of it, but did a great job well, thank okay, you. Uh, getting schools back in order and going in uh, Bossier Parish. Um, you, uh, you've been 37 years in education, so you're a young man because I'm older <laughs> than you are. And my definition of old is, uh, is younger than me. So, uh, Bossier's the fastest growing school system in North Louisiana. Uh, Y'all have a big uh, place. Um, and uh, as I, I got from reading your bio, your leadership style is more about empowering great teachers and principals. And uh, certainly that's really important. Let me just open up by just asking you, you know, what's going on positive in, in the school system? What, you, what, what are your good news? What are the things that you want to express and talk to the community about? Well, we, I think we have several things that are going on. We had a fairly smooth opening, um, have had a chance to work a few kinks out with bus routes and those kinds of things, but that's to be expected at the beginning of the year. People are excited to get back. Uh, and there's a sense of normalcy. We have huge crowds at our spirit nights uh, at the different stadiums that bring together the elementary, the middle and the high schools in those feeder patterns. And uh, that's just been real exciting to see. Uh, we, we have a new teacher and support pay raise. Uh, the school board added $750 to the $1,500 raise that they gave the teachers 
as well as adding that 750 to the uh, the uh, 750 that was given by the state for support. So that was good to see. Everybody noticed that in their check yesterday. So that's uh, been a big help for morale. So we've got a lot of things going on. Everybody's always looking forward to the beginning of the year. Tonight is the football jamboree uh, for, for all of our six high schools. And, and we still have the neighborhood school concept in Bossier. And so that's going to be an exciting event. And cheerleaders, dance line, band, everybody will be involved in that. It's the 69th year for that jamboree that's hosted by the Lions Club in Bossier. So that, that usually marks the beginning of the year and uh, everything that comes with it. And hopefully there'll be a touch of fall in the air pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, so we've got a lot going on. It's 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 really exciting right now to be in Bozier with the growth and so let's talk about uh, the neighborhood schools and I know schools really uh, took um, had a very difficult time during these this COVID years trying to keep up and to keep the children up and to try to move them along in education. Can you talk a little bit about what you did in, in Bozier and what you're doing now to try to overcome? Uh, that uh, issue of the, I guess you could call it the COVID loss mm -hmm. uh, uh, in education? Well, uh, first I want to say our teachers were heroes through all of this. I mean, they're amazing. And I think it just magnified the impact that they have. I think parents are more aware of what teachers do on a daily basis than they probably were pre-COVID because a lot of parents had to step in and try to be the teacher. And so that's a huge challenge. and. So with us being back to normal in terms of our locations and our school sites, what we're trying to concentrate on now as we did the last two years is recovery from the learning loss. So we still have free tutoring that's being offered to any student that needs it. Uh, there's a three to one ratio, which means there's no more than three students per teacher. And so uh, you've really got, we've got an opportunity to uh, really impact those students that, that are in need. We have a wellness assessment that we're doing with all our teachers and our students that, whose parents want them to, to be assessed to make sure that there's no need that, that we don't recognize and are, are not able to attend to. It I sounds mean, like, I was, go I was going to say, it sounds like you're keeping the students engaged, but you're also rewarding the teachers, and that's very good news. I mean, for the teachers to know that they are important because that's been pivotal. Uh, especially coming through the pandemic and on our way out that those teachers feel that value from the district so and Stuart let me ask you this uh, a bit getting off of what what's been mm -hmm. said so far about the COVID recovery technology became a very much more important issue during all of right. that there's no doubt about that and yet you know we're faced with I guess what we learned is that face-to-face -face instruction is still very, very important. There's something that comes with that Absolutely. kind of people-to-people -people relationship. What did, what did you learn and where do we go from here as it relates to technology right. in schools? Well, I think, you, I think you hit it exactly right. What we've learned as a district, which we actually really knew before, is that there's nothing that replaces the teacher in front of the kid, right? So you know, we, we look at our response to COVID in terms of, of technology and implementation really really in three phases, right? So in March 2020, when, when we were all hit, hit with, with no warning, right? We had to sort of immediately mobilize, find a way to, 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 to minimize 
any loss of instruction for the remainder of the year. But as the superintendent said, you know, a lot of that fell on the parent, right? You know, we put systems in place and did what we could, right? We were able to retool that summer, develop a, a, a fully virtual program for the district, which we think was really better than any, right? So we didn't, we didn't use the software to teach our kids. We used, we used teachers, right? But the yeah. teacher was still virtual. And at, some, at one point we had you know, over 10, 10%. We had almost 12% of our students in that virtual program. Um, we've shifted you know, or, or migrated that program. The, the program is, is reduced in size, but all along the way we had a teacher teaching the kid. And at this point, we're at the point that you mentioned that, that we realize, you know, the kid being face-to-face -face is really the best option. Now, we, we, st we still have um, uh, options for those kids that can't do that. But, you know, I think we've responded to um, the, the, the current environment. We responded to the environment at hand in March of 2020. And we've, uh, we've migrated our, uh, our approach. But that approach has always been student-centered, right? So we, we, we've never relied on software to right. teach our kids. We've relied on, on, on the teacher and, and I think the, the administration has, has prioritized that. And then back to what the superintendent said, um, it has highlighted how amazing our teachers are because you know, the, the COVID put a lot on, on the student, on the parent, but it, it put a whole lot on the teacher. Let me uh, ask you this, let me go back and, and that's yep. a huge point. Yep. Uh, and it's good, money's good, you know, money helps a lot of times. I went to a recent um, seminar which was on the post-COVID recovery and education, and they talked a great deal about the emotional thing that occurred with teachers and the burnout with teachers and the mental health issues, not of the kids necessarily, right. but also the, the mm -hmm. adults that had to deal with all of this and everything that was going on in their household, whatever that was. So, and you talked a little bit about that, but if you go in a little bit more detail for others, what you're doing in that issue of the emotional recovery and the mental health for teachers uh, and, and how, how, you, how we might deal with that. Well, and, and I, I think you're spot on there. I think that teachers, take on so much responsibility for their kids and they they love their children their students in their classroom and when when it's chaotic like it was during the pandemic then those teachers assume the responsibility for trying to educate those children as, as best they can and they have their own families and their own lives and they're also concerned about contracting COVID and they're afraid for their parents and their grandparents and everything else that everybody else experiences on top of feeling like they're responsible for any lost learning. So we've tried to make sure that we consider that and the, the, the screener, the mental wellness screener that I talked about is available to every employee we have. And then we have the resources to, to get them in touch with any additional help they need either internally or externally. So y'all so, have set up some sort of uh system right. where it's not just identifying the issue for individual people but finding a way to help them get through right. those issues. Is this a new feature since the pandemic or is this it's always It's just an expansion of something we had in place. It's just been much more valuable now and probably a lot more uh, accessed because of the stresses that everybody's been under and uh, you know hopefully 
uh, we've, we'll, we'll learn from it. Uh, and, and these teachers that are continuing to deal with the stresses will get the help they need. Let me ask you this, because I think Bossier's known, as you said earlier, for strong neighborhood schools and a concentration on the strong neighborhood schools. Could you talk a little bit about how you see it as a system and how Bossier works as a community, not only the school system, but across the community in the city about strong neighborhood schools and how important that is for the, for the community? Well, I, I was a benefactor of that set up when I was teaching and coaching. And I, and I know that the schools that I was at, people really identified with the, the feeder pattern they were in. And so a few years ago, we aligned all of our attendance zones so that they fed into the same high school with, with the elementary, the middle. And so you didn't have kids that went to this elementary over here, but then they went to this high school across town. So when you enroll in the Houghton attendance zone as a kindergartner, you're going to attend Houghton Elementary, Houghton Middle, Houghton High. And so it just builds that community connection. And it's really interesting to see when you have a crisis, and I'll just use an example. Uh, a couple years ago, the roof was blown off of Benton Middle in the middle of the night. And within two or three days, there was a tremendous outpouring from the community about school supplies and things for teachers and just wanting to come up there and support uh, the effort to get those kids back into those classrooms. And so there's, there's a bunch of other examples, but I don't think there's any replacing that neighborhood concept and the connectivity to the community that those people that we all live in over there uh, on the other side of the river. But the other thing that's important to note is that we have a, a really strong relationship with the sheriff's office, with the police jury, with the city of Bossier, with all of those other political entities and service entities. Uh, that's, it's really a strong connection. I know if we have a challenge, I can pick up the phone and, and call the city or the, the parish administrator and we'll brainstorm and try to figure out ways that we can, you know, attack the problem. And those yeah. relationships are important, you know, along when it comes to community and neighborhoods just banding together for the same common goal, as you mentioned. And the community, I think, really does build around the school. And I, I thought about this and had a great deal of thinking about it. But really, it is in our neighborhoods, the neighborhoods that have trouble, it, it's the school that can be the place that there can be change mm -hmm. because that's something you can sometimes do something about and so uh, it, it really is nice to watch to see your communities come together it you know everybody who lives in Houghton loves Houghton everybody who lives in Benton loves Benton mm -hmm. or South Bossier or North Bossier or whatever but um, you know it, it is a uh, I'm certain it's it's a real benefit to your community no doubt. I mean, I, I don't think you can put a price on it in terms of its value. You mentioned it. If you're a if you're a Buccaneer, you're hot and red, and and there's rivalries between the different communities and schools, but they're healthy and, and they're positive. But it it really adds to the quality of life. Uh, you'll see uh, kindergartners with their purple and gold on tonight. You know, supporting Benton. So. 
it, it's a special deal. And it starts it's early. To, oh, yeah. <laughs> it starts early. I, I hope we never get away from it. Yeah. I think there would be something lost if we did. Let me ask you this, because I think this is someplace that uh, we had mentioned before, but that is a, a potential really powerful thing in, in Bossier. Some of the things that uh, we're learning along the way is, first of all, that everybody's not going to go to a four-year university. You don't have to go to a four-year university to necessarily have uh, a job that will support a family of four or five. You know, that there are jobs that don't necessarily need that degree of uh, education. And so these are opportunities, these school career opportunities. Mm -hmm. this, this place where you move from school to career can be different for different people. I know Bozier's done some work on this. I wondered if y'all could talk a little bit about sure. you know, the work that's being done as in the school career connection. Well, there's, there's career technical education is really uh, exploded in terms of uh, the, the desire to provide those opportunities. And so we have Bozier Parish School for technology, technology and Innovative Learning which offers everything from engineering to auto body repair and welding and digital media and uh, ag science and carpentry, HVAC, plumbing. All of those are avenues like what you're talking about. But those skilled craftsmen are, are just as important as, as, as a white collar you know, CEO in terms of providing a service to the community. Amen. So. What we've done this year especially is expanded the opportunity for students to be at Bibstool and learn more about those options. We have an eighth grade initiative that Principal Amy Washington created. There's over 100 eighth graders over there today that are coming from their middle schools and that's, that's where they go to school. They take their content areas and then in the afternoon they're exposed to uh, either engineering, ag science, uh, welding, or uh, maybe even uh, some type of law course. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really uh, uh, an area that's going to continue to grow because depending on you talk, who you talk to, uh, probably as many as half of the students are not college bound. But that doesn't mean they're, they're training and the technical expertise that they're going to need to function in one of those arenas is not just as rigorous and, and difficult. So, And if you, if you look at my house and go to my house and my wife, you know, I get the bill from the plumber and I get the bill from these <laughs> other guys. I've got to go back to work. I'm telling you. I it's can't profitable. Just, <laughs> it is. It's a profitable thing. You've got a great community college over over there. I mean, Bossier Parish Community College is is a fantastic place. I'm on, just as an aside, I am on the foundation board for them, but I would say this anyway. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great school. It has great possibilities and has been a great thing for our Northwest Louisiana. I agree. Do you have things that you connect up with Bossier Parish Community College? Are y'all doing any dual enrollment or things like that that might uh, be beneficial beneficial in that role. Well, we have several partners in in the dual enrollment arena, uh, including Bipsy. And so, just as a on a personal note, I went to Bipsy when I first decided <laughs> I needed to get a college education. And yeah. so, uh, my oldest daughter 
went to Bipsy. My my oldest son went to Bipsy for a time. So it to me, Bossier Parish Community College is one of the best kept secrets in North Louisiana. And and I know Dr. Bateman, he's incredible. Uh, talked to him last week. But uh, Mr. Thompson was at Benton High School with me, and Mr. Thompson taught some AP classes, and he's very familiar with the dual enrollment pathway and the opportunity that it creates for kids. So I'll let him. Uh, yeah. So you know, to tie all that together, I think as a superintendent saying, you know, we have we have a variety of students that are on different paths, right? So our our, our programs at Bipstool provides opportunities for for students that want to you know get certifications and start work right away, and right and. And on the other side, we you know we, we do have partners with Bipsy and, and Northwestern and Louisiana Tech uh, that allow you know our students to in some cases be uh, be sophomores or juniors whenever they enter enter college. So I think that the academic uh, programs that we're offering in the district really are, are are not compared to to anything in the area. So in dual enrollment is a is a crucial part of that, of course with their advanced placement options as well. So a student that wants to get credit, that wants to get a head start, that wants to reduce the bill on the back end, um, has an opportunity at, at all of our high schools uh, in the parish. And I know that I've heard Dr. Bromley speak to this Louisiana yep. Superintendent of Education, mm -hmm. and he talks a great deal about these, these job, career, yep. school connections. Um, and um, uh, those, I think, are important. Uh, I'm, uh, it's nice to hear all of this is going on. Uh, we, along those same lines, and, and LSUS is a great partner yes. of ours, too. I don't mm -hmm. want to leave them out. But uh, uh, our CTE supervisor uh, and our CTE coordinator, her name is Wendy Plants, and, and she does a great job of creating these apprenticeship opportunities with local industry so that these students can have hands-on experience while they're still in high school and then they ascend into those those workplace environments with a, a, a wealth of knowledge already. So it's critical that we continue to add to those partnerships just to create that much more opportunity for students to choose from. It sounds like there's a lot of routes to success out there and a lot of different options for whatever your interests might be. And they don't have to be the same, you know. Doug Scott is our, our CTE supervisor. I was, uh, wanted to make sure I mentioned him because he's, he's really involved in creating those partnerships as well. And, you know, you, the, the, the challenge for us is to make sure that we don't put a kid on a pathway who then may change his mind, his or her mind, when they're juniors and, and not have an off-ramp, if that makes sense. So we need to make sure that we tie all that in together, but I don't know how realistic it is for us to think that a freshman in high school is going to be completely sold on this career or that career at that time. So those, those off-ramps and on-ramps all need to be built in while you're putting all that together because you have to you have right. to consider the human side of it. Let me ask you this, and kind of, uh, kind of as a last thought, I want you to leave. Want to leave the uh, folks about um, first is thoughts you have as it relates to what you would like to talk to parents about, and then this, and then the other is thoughts that you'd like to talk to the community about. So let me just, what, what if you get your chance to talk in front of the 
the PTA or the group of parents, uh, and they want to know what what is it we need to know to, to make our to, to make this the best experience for our children. What what would you say to them? What are the what are your uh, words of wisdom as it relates to that? Well, I, I think it would be two things. Number one is that safety is our number one priority. I think we have uh, one of the finest SRO programs in the state, if not the nation, and that is the number one priority every day is safety. And then the second thing that I would say is that, uh, you know, work with us, give us an opportunity to address your concerns, contact the principal, contact the parent, let them uh, walk you through why things are being done if you have a concern about something. Don't use social media as your source of credible news because it's typically not. And so before, uh, if, I would tell Mitch, before I get upset, I need to reach out and contact the principal. I need to contact the teacher and have a conversation about what my concerns are and let them address it. And, and you know, I think that's the most productive, effective way that eliminates a lot of misinformation, that el eliminates a, a lot of uh, anxiety uh, and give us an opportunity to work with you and do the best we can so that your child has the future that you and, and we want them to have. And Dr. Roseman, I know that this is something that you brought up um, earlier, but you were kind of talking about the teacher shortage. But I think it's impressive that you've been with Bossier Schools for at least three decades. Yes, ma'am. So there's something <laughs> that has kept you around. And I think if we figure out what that thing is, then we can figure out how to help with these shortages that are going on. I mean, all across different districts. Even. Well, we have a couple initiatives I'd like to, to, to highlight just for a second. Is We have a pair-to-teacher program where our paraprofessionals have an opportunity to get their teacher certification. We partner with them, we invest in them, we help tutor them for free. We, we do everything we can do to get to allow them to attain that certification. And we've had some some great success stories. We have over 30 teach, uh, paras that are enrolled in that program right now. Uh, we just hired a brand new recruitment retention supervisor that's working year round to contact and partner with these universities and get these interns in here. And we're paying them $5,000 a year when they do their intern with us. Uh, the other things that we have going, we have a pre-education program at at Bipstool, it's kind of the grow your own mentality. And then we have Educators Rising, which is an eighth grade and 10th grade program to try to introduce uh, these, these kids while they're still in high school and even before they get in high school about the education career. And then the last thing that I would say is we've raised our sub pay, we've almost doubled it. And so uh, you can be a sub in Bossier Schools $120, $140 a day. I hope and everyone is hearing that. Right. right? I mean, You're I looking think, for an opportunity. I think that is a, a great way to introduce someone to maybe a possible career. I don't have the numbers, but I, I know some people personally, they began as a sub and they said, hey, this, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. And then they go back and get their alt cert and they're a teacher. And I'd, I'd say to, uh, I'd say to, the audience here and, and to everyone sitting around this table, there's nothing more important than a great teacher. 
and the great teacher that changes people's lives. Um, and if you want to be that kind of person, to leave a legacy of doing something for others, there is no better occupation to do it than I think with teaching. So whatever y'all can do, okay, to encourage folks, I want to encourage po folks to, to look at it and look at the possibilities that exist with teaching. I understand people are leaving work in droves and looking for new things. Well, this may be one of those new things if, if they are really committed to it. But don't go into it unless you're committed, I guess. Oh, you've got to love it. You've got to love it. <laughs> and but. you mentioned last time we talked, you said you never forget your favorite teacher. No, you never do. I bet you don't. I bet Absolutely you don't. Not. We all remember no. uh, what they did for our lives. This has been a great discussion. Thank y'all so yes. much for coming Thank you. And, uh, and, uh, and sharing uh, with us. Uh, and we learned a lot, uh, not only what's going on in Bossier Parish, but generally what we can do uh, in the education systems around the community and around the state. So thanks again. Thank you for uh, the Troy, we had a great, they were great, weren't they? Amazing. I learned <laughs> so you. much. I kind of want to know who your favorite teachers are. <laughs> that's the next conversation. Well, I, I, that's the reason I'm here, because Absolutely. of the people I had that impacted my life. I can say that with 100% with confidence. Great. Thank you very much. Thank and you. we'll have new episodes every other Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.